We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Colm Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over, the NFL season is here, and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Road of His NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools, and everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL Pass just by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Dave Funlacoe. You can find me on Twitter at StayFunlacoe, and I am joined again by the one, the only, the Travis May. You can find him on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. If you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show about the journey of the best football players and prospects, from being a college football recruit all the way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Of course, we take some time to dive into some fantasy football because this is a Rotoviz radio podcast. But we also like to dive into some of the real college football and NFL analysis too. We are just a couple days away from the Super Bowl. We're actually not going to get into that all that much today. You're getting that everywhere else. We want to talk to you about the class of 2024. Uh, we teased it on our last episode when we kind of did a deep dive on 2023. Uh, but before we jump into it, Travis, I do want your, uh, I do want your. Super Bowl takes. Uh, the line is minus four. We're at 48 and a half on the total. You know me. All I care about is the betting side of things. So uh, I don't even <laughs> want to ask you how you're doing. I just want to know what plays you got for me. <laughs> well, uh, I would say. How are you so, doing, by the way? <laughs> I, I am doing better now. I mean, part part of the reason I, I wasn't able to. We haven't even had a, a podcast for a, a couple of weeks. Is I, I did have COVID. And so you may notice I'm sounding a little bit different. And that's because. For whatever reason, it did a number on my throat, and I still don't talk normal yet. Uh, so we'll see when that actually gets back to normal. Uh, see, I've but, never, I've <clears> never <throat> talked normal, so you know, <laughs> well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. welcome. I am, I am Dutch, so whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You, you have an accent from about like four different uh, continents, right. but we won't get into, get into that. But I, uh, uh, no, I'm doing okay. But thank you for for checking. But um, yeah, of course, I am excited about the Super Bowl and. Uh, I did just kind of get 
I don't know, brought on with a, with a, I don't know, that sounds too official, but bet us, um, is doing some stuff. They want me to do some stuff and promos for them. So be, be on the lookout uh, on my Twitter for some sweet deals. If you want to get in uh, to get some really sweet player props, because uh, BetUS is really trying to uh, increase their, I guess their market share. I mean, just for frankly, you know, and just reach yeah. more people. And so they're just, they're throwing out some bonkers deals. So uh, I'm sweet. excited to kind of promote some of their stuff over this coming weekend as we head into Super Bowl weekend. But there's so many, they, like they have every imaginable, player prop and i've only begun to dig into it because like it's everything from like you know basic just yardage totals for a player to you know matt stafford versus burrow in every single imaginable category uh and like the running backs versus the wide receivers and this wide receiver versus that one and it's oh my goodness like they've it sounds like a place for real dgens and yeah uh, (laughs) i feel like i'll be welcomed with open arms i'm all in i wouldn't even have thought existed they have that so um yeah, I, for somebody who and, and I love playing on DraftKings for the simplicity of it because I can do DFS too. Uh, they don't have the depth and breadth of all the props that BetUS does. So uh, right. I, I am I'm excited about the Rams winning because Matt Stafford deserves one. Um, and uh, screw the Bengals. Sorry, I I, I was I, I'm a Titans fan, and uh, <laughs> so uh, the Titans should be there uh, right now, but they're not. So. Well, when you have a uh, when you when your game is an interception interception sandwich, <laughs> you know, like it's uh, yeah, not it, ideal. And all the we don't have, yeah, yeah. We we don't so, have to so, that. Are you are you taking Rams minus four? Is that kind of where you're leaning? Uh, I mean, if you look at the historic hit rate uh, in that regard, when when a team gets more than a touchdown, uh, I think in the last twelve years it's like ten and two or something like that. Uh, maybe even further than that, like like the last 15 years, the team that gets that plus four or more, uh, they generally, because I mean, like in most Super Bowls, it's not a complete blowout. So I think historically you would be betting against all the recent trends and all of what we've seen uh, to say that the Rams are going to cover the four. But I could see it based on just what they've done with their defense. Um, and I think that they match up well against yeah. uh, they're, you know, they're one of the only teams that I think does match up well against the depth of that receiving core and uh, Joe cool himself. So look, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, officially, my official pick is uh, I'm taking Rams minus four and under 48 and a half is kind of where I'm leaning. And you know mm-hmm. me, I hate unders, but, um, and then uh, well, I, I, I unders, do want to, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> I do think I might sprinkle a little bit on, Joe Mixon first touchdown at plus seven fifty. That just mm-hmm. feels like good value. I don't necessarily like think it's going to hit, but at plus seven fifty, plus seven fifty, yeah, buddies. I mean, honestly, I haven't even done the the math on that just yet. But I'd say anything over plus six hundred for the lead running back for the Bengals to be first right. touchdown. That's that's pretty pretty solid. So yeah, anyway, uh, I wish I could get a uh, a prop, and maybe uh, maybe you're you're going to be pushing this at me soon is Jalen Ramsey to get burned at least twice. (laughs) Like I know it's going to happen. I think he's the most overrated corner in the NFL. Like he's good, but he's he's not as good as everyone says. Um, This is from a a Jaguars uh, truther here. Um, Not truther. No, that's gross. Uh, So, but are you Uh, bitter though? I don't know. I don't know if you're absolutely (laughs) Absolutely. good to clarify. Um, But we have a lot to get into here. Um, As much fun as it is to just kind of shoot, uh, a little bit of crap um, around the Super Bowl and have some fun doing that. I do want to get into this 2024 class because 
Um, there's some really exciting names to talk about. Uh, players that maybe uh, we were super hyped on last year as uh, incoming freshmen and really exciting opportunities um, who now uh, another year under their belt, some of them didn't perform consistently last year. Some of them didn't get a chance at all. And others uh, were seeing uh, historic rates of success and production. So kind of all over the board here. And I'm excited to get into it with you because I know you've done a lot of work on this. Um, let's start at the wide receiver position. And then from there, we can do running backs and then finish off with uh, a tight end and some quarterbacks. But um, wide receiver, anyone who's listened to this podcast or followed you on Twitter at all will not be surprised by this first name. Um, I can't see or hear him, like his name, without thinking about you. So I'm not even going to say his name because I feel like I'm stealing from you and okay, doing so. Okay, so it's mine to say. So, okay, good. <laughs> so you get to say his name. You get to talk about him, and I'm just going to listen. Sure. Okay, sure. And my, I don't know how long my voice is going to last, but we'll see. Marvin Harrison Jr. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, he, he's good, too. But uh, Xavier Worthy, uh, wide receiver, Texas. Uh, he had, and when I say this, this is not hyper hyperbole in any way at all. He, he, he just had the best true freshman wide receiver, uh, like wide receiver season of all time. The best wide receiver Fresh, like true freshman wide receiver season ever, like a 40% dominator rating, like seriously, 40% of the receiving production from a true freshman stretching the field, almost a thousand yards on 63 catches and almost like three full yards per team pass attempt, which is like, even if he was a, if he was an NFL prospect this cycle right now, he would already have like an 80th percentile production profile, like right, right. now, like for um, among drafted NFL wide receivers. So absolutely productive in just bonkers ways. Uh, so I just, I can't wait to see what he does moving forward. I think he's going to improve upon that. Uh, yes, there was tons of opportunity and yes, Whittington uh, again, missed time again, uh, but seriously, I mean, with four, four speed, incredible yak ability. I mean, we're, we're looking at probably like one of the safest bets for early round draft capital ever for a, right. a true freshman wide receiver like even if like what what are what were some of like the really good freshman seasons we just saw here recently like George Pickens like he had a good one um like uh Rondale Moore back in 2018 you know like but yeah but even those guys like if you put up you know if you look at their production profile from like a few different angles like George Pickens as a true freshman like versus NFL drafted wide receivers he was like in the you know, 30th percentile or something had he gone pro after his freshman season. Great. Cool. Rondale Moore, he was like around the 60th percentile among like drafted uh, wide receivers in, in terms of his adjusted production index overall uh, after just one year. But Xavier Worthy, seriously, 80th percentile, like more than doubling basically the best production among everybody else that's played in the entire nation as a true freshman besides <laughs> just run down more essentially. So, uh, and, and I think too, like, I think it's important to state that not only did he do this, but he did it on a team that switched quarterbacks halfway through the year because they yeah. weren't that excited about the quarterback play. No. Like they, uh, joke. It's, it's incredible that he was able to do that considering, uh, the difficulties. And now we see the opportunity for, uh, what you and I would both assume would be, uh, much improved, quarterback play with with Quinn coming into town and uh and the sky is the limit and I think he really is worthy 
of the wide receiver one. <laughs> Sorry, yes. I had to. Pun had very to. much intended. I'm going to tell you right now, and I want everyone to write this down. If someone ever says pun not intended, they're lying to you. They are. The fact that they realized it means it was intentional. Yeah. Just yep. Yeah, that's, there it is. that's true. It is. Man, <laughs> imagine what would have happened had he just gone to Michigan like he was originally oh. committed to. Like, that would have been awful. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. Oh, oh thank goodness you went to Texas. Like, that yeah, landing absolutely. spot, landing spot for these guys is just so, so important. Like, it's important. And in the Texas pros. isn't even a great landing spot. No, let's be honest. No. I mean, for, historically, it's not. But this past year was a perfect storm for him. And he was just incredible and hyped up immediately once he was in town. But, um, man, in the pros, landing spot matters, opportunity matters. But even in college, like so many things have to happen just right. Like you have to come in and then like even if you're like coach leaves and something changes and you have to change teams and like there's so many things that go wrong now. Like, oh, my gosh, man. So worthy hitting in the way that he did Uh, and now in a situation where coaching system like offensive scheme uh, the surrounding cast is only improving the offensive line t- they just brought in the best offensive line class in the country um, they brought in a better quarterback and Quinn Ewers like everything is up 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 for him right now so yes there might be somebody that gets drafted ahead of him when it when it's all said and done but there is no one safer to bet um, yeah for a you know for future first round pick Maybe in the entire class, like even even Caleb Williams at quarterback, any of the running backs, anything like Worthy's it. Like we know he's going to be a first round pick. Yeah. So I did not do my homework. Um, we were supposed to up, but no, I'm gonna say everyone updated. Everyone <laughs> over at Rotaviz updated their Debbie ranks except for yours truly because I, uh, well, I've had a migraine for the last week and a half, and I've got this huge exam coming up, and I uh, I've been slacking on the more important things in life like Debbie <laughs> rankings. Confession um, and I haven't even looked at yours. Stefan. <laughs> um, so where do you have him? Very high. Uh, and and what would you really what high. would you trade right now to get him, knowing that you're going to have to wait a little while? Um, I mean, we assume he's not going to come back for a senior year, but if he, even if he doesn't, like you said, he's a true freshman, so you still have two more years you have to wait. Would, yeah. would you be what would you be moving to to try to? We're not going to spend this much time on everyone, but I think yeah, uh, the X man he's, he's here the most is important uh, special player in the entire class. So. Yeah, I have him as a first round Debbie pick. So I have him like 10th. So like every wide receiver not named Kayshawn Boutte or Jackson Smith and Jigba, bye. Yeah, right. Like if you if you give me Xavier Worthy, I would rather have him over anybody except Kayshawn Boutte yeah. and Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's the end of the list. Like, I, like yeah. Jordan Addison is close. Josh Downs is in the same conversation maybe. Um, you know, that's but it. only because your eligibility is sooner, correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But even so, I would still prefer Worthy. Like right. Smith and Jigba is absurd. Butte absurd. Like what they were like. We talked about this on the last show. Like they're gonna kill it again this year. Uh, but so is Xavier Worthy. So those two guys are first round picks. Worthy is a first round pick. Everyone else, I don't think I can confidently say in all of college football. Uh, yeah. that I can really predict. I, I think Addison probably is, but Downs, I'm not sure, you know? And so I, there, there are other players that I, I could project, but I don't feel as safe putting them uh, in that conversation. And then there are really only like four, really three or four running backs that I'd even pre- prefer. And three or four 
quarterbacks that I'd prefer, like CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. Yes, the, super they're safer flex, picks. Of super flex yeah. leagues. I obviously would prefer them. They're going to be first round picks next year in next year's draft. Caleb Williams, he just had like the best. I mean, we, we can probably pivot to him next because well, maybe not next, but he'll be the first quarterback we talk about. Like I would prefer him, but it's a very very short list. Yeah. So who's so I'm not going to ask who's next. I have the sheet in front of me. You you were nice enough to send it to me. Let's move <laughs> over to Jacory Brooks. Um, let's talk about him a little bit. I uh, think he started to come around a little bit by uh, towards the end of the year, especially after you know some injuries on the team gave him the opportunity to see the field more. Um, what are your expectations uh, from him moving forward? Uh, well, for so him. I, expectations this... for him or from him? Yeah, so his for him, <laughs> for him sure. Ah, but English. His, it's okay. It's okay. But his freshman year kind of went exactly what how I thought it would because. So he went to IMG Academy and they, they always have a really weird uh, for high school and they have a really weird schedule that has them traveling all over the entire nation every single year. But their season uh, got kind of screwed up due to COVID. They had to reschedule a whole bunch of stuff. And like he only because of the schedule and rescheduling and blah, blah, blah. He only played five games last fall and only caught 16 passes in those games. Uh, and so he was the, the potential for Brooks is like Julio Jones. Like that that is his his kind of ceiling he like but imagine like a julio jones that could catch touchdowns too it's like that's <laughs> you know like that kind Burn. of ceiling yeah seriously <laughs> but i mean that's his ceiling like he's incredible and he has been incredible since he was like 13 years old he's been better than everybody at every single level of play and has not been close like even among the elite of the elite at his position in high school coming up as a recruit he was dominant and so yeah that, that was just how things went but uh, when things uh, he got nicked up in spring, he didn't play like, very much at all for Alabama, like up, up until before the season, I guess. Uh, so I was thinking, you know, okay, uh, kind of slower final season in high school, wasn't really up to speed with the offense, probably at Alabama. He's probably not going to do anything until later in the year. Uh, but when he does, and so I tried to acquire him in a few leagues, but most people are, you know, they, they plant their flag on these guys pretty early if they're right. in leagues you got deep to. enough <laughs> to be taking a Ja'Cory Brooks. They're, they're, pumped about this guy um and so when he went off and basically caught two or three of the most important balls of the entire season for alabama uh his stock skyrocketed obviously among uh debbie fantasy football nerds and so uh, i think moving forward he should be their starting kind of quote-unquote x wide receiver you know uh as he was kind of doing down the stretch and uh, he'll be in every snap kind of guy like i think he's going to be right there i think jojo earl will be in the slot and that third Wide receiver role, I think a lot of people want to just kind of hand to Jermaine Burton because he transferred from Georgia. But I think it's going to be between him and true freshman Isaiah Bond for that last kind of starting spot uh, at Alabama. So uh, I expect yeah. great things, though, like a, a huge, huge, huge jump in production. So he's your going into the year. Uh, we had conversations about, OK, who's your favorite Alabama wide receiver? And there, this is, of course, before we knew that. um uh, Jameson was going to blow up. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And we had some debates going back and forth. It sounds like you're pretty clearly in the Ja'Cory Brooks camp as the Alabama wide receiver that you would prefer. Yes. I, I Yep. Because I think he has the stranglehold on his role. So like I, I, we thought it was going to be a Jai Hall and he was just, he, you know, I hope he works out somewhere. Probably not going to be Alabama because they just brought in four more 
top 100 freshman wide receivers and a transfer in Jermaine, Jermaine Burton, Burton too. So yeah. it's like, bye, dude. Like, great. You had a great A day or whatever. Um, probably not going to work out. And so there's not really an archetype that that would compete with Ja'Cory Brooks for his role. Like even the guys that might compete with for snaps, a couple of them left town. Uh, so uh, he's going to be that guy. But in the slot, the snaps were probably going to be split between JoJo Earl and Aaron Anderson, uh, a five-star coming in this year. And then Bond, I said Isaiah Bond and Jermaine Burton, those guys will probably be competing for that other role. So there'll be like a five-wide receiver rotation. That's probably what it's looking like. We'll probably see how that fleshes out in the spring. But that, that's what it's looking right now, looking like right now. And I think the only guy who's got a super safe 100% of snaps type of role is Brooks. And that's why he's my wide receiver too for 2024 right now. Yeah. So Jojo Earl, obviously a little bit further down there, but is he someone that if if the community starts to cool on him a little bit, do you think he'd be worth a, a gamble in a trade to see if maybe he does, you know, splash? Maybe he he does. Um, I mean, he clearly has the potential to, to yep. be big. And if he is the second option in that really powerful offense, you know, we've we've seen that Alabama can uh, feed multiple receivers, you know, like it, it doesn't require just one. Um, yeah. there, there's plenty to go around. Do you think that there would be a buy low opportunity for Jojo Earl or is the price yeah. still too high right now? I mean, it's probably still too high right now. Uh, given the, you know, we, I mean, it's fun to, to act all confident. Like we know which guy is going to just blow up for Alabama, but given the depth of talent there, they just brought in four top 100 recruits of the position last year. And then did it again this year. And they added Jermaine Burton. There are nine guys with top 100 pedigree all competing for really three starting spots. So there are going to be more transfers that come out of this. Um, And that's why I I think even if Earl transfers or even if another one of these awesome, talented guys transfers, like I'm still super interested in, but I'm going to probably try to acquire low (laughs) um, when when there's a dip uh, for most of them. Let's let's move on to another uh, team that has multiple um, top tier wide receivers. We just mentioned one of them uh, a little bit earlier in Jackson Smith and Jigba, but of course he's not in the 2024 class. But um, Ohio State does have a couple of names here that we need to talk about in this 24 group that uh, could be really exciting if they end up sticking around in Ohio State again. Uh, who knows what all ha- happens down the line? But but talk to me about some of these guys. <sighs> I mean, and basically the only other room in America that might not be quite as stacked uh, as Bama, or maybe the only one that could be more stacked than Alabama is Ohio State. And um, they haven't brought in four top 100 guys in back-to-back classes, but it's really close. Uh, So they've got a bunch of guys that are coming in. I like even a couple of the freshmen they're bringing in this year behind Jackson Smith and, and Jigba. And the two other guys that I think are going to be the two and three. Uh, for the Buckeyes this year, which are Emeka Ebuka and uh, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., like you mentioned earlier. And, of course, Marvin Harrison Jr. had the blow-up game. Huge. Uh, great Rose game. Bowl. Rose Bowl. I mean, not not as, as impressive as Jackson Smith and Jigba in the same game, but <laughs> right. great. And uh, Ebuka had a great catch down the sideline as well. Uh, so that that crew, that trio, uh, there's it's, it's insane to say, but – Alave and Wilson are both probably going first round and there's not going to be drop off at, the, at, the, wide, at the wide receiver position. Uh, and if, and if it is, it's, it's going to be minor. Uh, so mm. do you know, I wish right now 
I wish right now I had a drop from uh, Finding Nemo where they're like, the drop off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't be, have it. Perfect. Man. <laughs> you have the soundboard too. Oh, man. Next time. Next time. <laughs> Yeah, no, but you're right. Like it's it's insane that they're going to lose two like premier wide receiver talent, yeah. and yeah, it's and not it's really like, going to slow them down as we saw yeah, in the Rose Bowl when they didn't even have <laughs> a whole lot of time to prep for that. Um, it's just it's just absolutely insane. So yeah. obviously, you mentioned Harrison Jr. like blew up that game, had an incredible game. Um, but on this list, you've got uh, Igbuka ahead of him. Yeah, is that just alphabetical, or do you no. uh, no, <laughs> do like, you like I, him better? I still like him because a little bit. The more. pulse I get out there is that people are a little bit hotter on Harrison just after yeah. seeing what he did. Oh yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's recency bias. Uh, you know, I mean, he just blows up in one game, and that, you know, week one this year will probably be a Buka. I know everyone will go that direction, and it'll be back and forth. Uh, but I, I think just uh, I think overall, I like. Abuka's skill set a little bit better. Um, but Harrison Jr., I mean, being the son of Marvin Harrison, that's, that doesn't hurt. But <laughs> uh, he's going to do just fine as well. Uh, he's got great body control, great route running. So they're, they're both going to have decent but not great peak production profiles because they're sharing uh, targets with the guy who would be the wide receiver one in this class this year if he was drafted right. eligible in Jackson Smith and Jigba. So great great trio and uh both those guys are tops so like they're they're my three and four i think ahead of jojo earl and ahead of the guy that we'll probably talk about next so <laughs> yeah and, and before i do just like similarly to what we're talking about with alabama is with ohio state there's so many other weapons i uh, got trevion henderson in the backfield so like people can't just play deep and yeah. you've got an amazing quarterback who can get the ball to just about any place in the field and is yep. mobile enough to buy time to to just go nuts so yeah i feel bad for pl- people going up against ohio state this year it's gonna be uh it's yeah, gonna they're, be they're just gonna drop 50 every week yeah um so the next guy i want to talk about uh you have mario williams on here and um he transferred along with most of the country to usc um <laughs> yeah, usc yeah. uh right. to, in, in my estimation i think a lot of people's has a number one um transfer portal I appreciated that Lincoln Riley uh, specified that he wasn't taking kids from Oklahoma. He was just taking kids that were in the transfer portal. The um, yeah. Okay. okay but, <laughs> it was super yeah, cute. That's, that's super uh, cute. <laughs> um, I also, uh, they did also bring in Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's son. So, yeah. uh, which surprised me that Rice went there just because they do have such a talented wide receiver room. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Mario Williams seems to be like uh, someone that can kind of um, step on campus and, and kind of fill the void of Drake London leaving. Different type of receiver, obviously, um, but still an alpha wide receiver that can demand targets. Like we talk about like uh, targets, like getting targets as a skill, right? Like uh, yeah, we talk about that a lot. You, you earn yeah, and, and he has that same pedigree. Yeah, what was weird, though, and maybe it's just due to Oklahoma and how they distribute targets anyway and rotate wide receivers, and they play some 10 personnel. At least they, they, they played more 10 personnel before. They, they played more 11 this past year with three wide receivers and tight end or or whatever you call Jeremiah Hill. Uh, uh, not Hill. Jeremiah, what's his? Hall. That's it. Uh, but anyway, that, Unnecessary. That's a different we call yeah. him unnecessary. Yes, he like, is. That. Why was Oklahoma but, doing like? 
I won't. Never mind. Another time. Yeah. Another podcast. Another time. But you know, they they completely wasted Mario Williams uh, this year, and really all the wide receivers except for Marvin Mims here and there, uh, and it was just really odd. The uh, and it, a lot of it was early on when they still had Spencer Rattler. Uh, for whatever reason, maybe it was just because he was nervous. He thought he was going to lose his job, and he did. To Caleb Williams, <laughs> he was playing, uh, you know, more, I don't know, cautious, but then still dumb, like just making decisions we didn't right. see him make the year prior. And so everybody except for Marvin Mims had like an A dot, like under five yards or something silly, like for the first several weeks. And uh, they tried to scheme Mario open some here and there, but it was just like, like he had that first game, like where he had like eight targets, like six catches, but on eight targets, he only had 37 yards because, <laughs> because like that's, that's silly. Cause his eight out was under five yards and that was just like all they were doing. Dink and dunk and dink. And in this, this explosive offense, we hadn't seen uh, be explosive. And then, you know, of course, Caleb Williams takes over. Things get explosive, more efficient. He puts up the best freshman, you know, freshman season ever for quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, Mario Williams had a couple good games in there. He had like one 100 uh, yard game. Um, it may have been against TC or Texas Tech. I can't remember which one. Um, but he flashed here and there all the time. And it, it was evident that he was better than his target share was, was allowing us to see. And so I, I think he should be the wide receiver one uh, immediately. I, I really like a few of the other guys in the room for USC, especially the freshman CJ Williams. Uh, but yeah, Mar- Mar- Mario oh, Williams, other right Williams, now. I hate that already is going to be really good immediately. Well, I guess they don't, USC doesn't have the names on the back of their jerseys. So I won't have like the false hope. Like when you see your guy, yeah. get Williams and and like, oh, it's the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> that happens to me all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Daryl and Damien. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the Chiefs. Anyway, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens um, there. I, I, uh, I just made me think of Brew McCoy. Where did he ever find a landing spot? I know he started looking again. Doesn't matter. Um, we should stop ranking him. <laughs> sorry, Matt Wispay. Oh, just sorry. I love. I have so much Brew McCoy. Ah, <laughs> the dude was a freak. I loved him. Yeah. Okay. Um, we don't have a whole lot of time to stick on wide receiver. So let's talk about the next guy. And then I want you to pick like two or three from the rest of them, but let's, yeah, let's fine. go over to Clemson uh, because uh, last year we were really excited about the Clemson room. We just weren't sure. Like we we're like, well, it could be this guy. It could be this Somebody's guy. It could all be hit. really great. Yeah. And no one hit and it was no. super frustrating. Um, but here you are. Uh, Bo Collins is the guy that you're kind of, um, I, I'm going to say planting your flag on because you do have him top 10, top eight. Uh, yep. what, what are your, what are your hopes for him? And do you think this is dependent upon, um, I mean, everything's dependent on quarterback play, but we've seen, like we were talking about with Xavier Worthy, he was still able to produce without consistent quarterback play. What are your thoughts on, on Bo Collins and just like what DJ Uyunglele could mean for yeah, him? So Bo, I mean, Bo Collins played high school ball with DJU. And uh, DJ Uyunglele. And so I, I think a lot of people probably know that right now. M- maybe not, but Bo Collins played at John, St. John Bosco out in California with DJU. And um, so when he came in and they finally started giving him more snaps uh, and he went, you know, and actually he was on the field a lot. He went from seeing one or zero or maybe two targets a game to 10, nine, nine, six, nine, six. Like, like it was crazy. Like after week eight, Bo Collins only had one game where he saw less than six targets. 
And so uh, it, he became the guy. And and I think DJU trusted him. Um, but I'm not sure DJU even holds the job anymore because Cade Klubnik's coming in, a five-star freshman. Uh, maybe he does. Maybe he takes up uh, that next step and looks more like the DJU we saw in his true freshman season. But that's going to be a huge if. And if a guy that didn't play high school ball with Bo Collins comes in, I wonder if his target share is the same. And so that's that's a big question mark, I guess. But right now, uh, Collins looks like the the only guy who is going to have an early breakout at all among these wide receivers for Clemson. Um, I like a couple of the freshmen that are coming in as well because they can actually gain their own separation, uh, unlike right. any of the other wide receivers on the team. But uh, Bo Collins would be the guy I would be placing my bet on uh, if, if not for the freshman coming in. Yeah. Oh, I, I like that a lot. Um, and I, I think DJU holds his job. I don't think we see another Spencer Rattler situation. Here. I, I, I think hope DJU not. will improve. He's, I mean, um, he's just so talented. He just, he got the yips after that Georgia defense just destroyed him. I think it was all those Dr. Never. Peppers. <laughs> yeah, the commercials. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, all right, so so pick the next two guys. Two guys you want to talk about from your remaining list. Sure. Um, Adonai Mitchell. We, AD okay, yeah. Mitchell. The 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 uh, the dude who came down with the crazy yeah. touchdown in the national Killed championship it. game. Killed it in the national championship game. Great really catch. flashed there, and actually led the team in wide receiver snaps. That wouldn't have been the case had Pickens played during the whole whole season. But he outsnapped even the guy that you know everyone wants to get pumped for that just left town to go play for Bama in Jermaine Burton. Um, so AD led the team in snaps and didn't blow up most of the year, but he did enough. And I, I think we could see a huge sophomore season from him, uh, regardless of who is at quarterback. So really love his talent. And the uh, and then uh, outside of him, uh, true freshman, we, we didn't see a lot of big true freshman breakouts this year. And mainly that was because, you know, like 50 teams or more, like returned 75% or more of the production from <laughs> Right. The previous year because of the extra COVID season and all that. So just a yep. weird season for, for freshmen. I think it's important but, to remember that when we're talking about this class too. Yeah, yeah. But Jack Beck or Betch. I, I hope it's not Betch, but it's Jack Beck. Probably Beck. Uh, probably Beck, yeah. Uh, I, I really loved him. He was, uh, I didn't like him as a true freshman prospect because he was too uh, small to be a tight end, even though they were kind of calling him a tight end and uh, not in, incredibly like peak athletic peak athletic I guess uh at least it didn't see me that he was but then he came in and even though he had like a super low uh, average depth of target and ran a bunch of underneath stuff where he was just kind of schemed open like what he did with the ball in his hands was incredible he had the highest broken tackle rate missed tackle rate forced rate on the team you know, more so than any of the other true freshmen uh and so I he was intriguing he played some tight end he played some wide receiver he, he was all over the field for LSU and so Jack Beck, I think, could be the wide receiver, too, to really supplement uh, the production of Keishon Boutte for LSU this year if, if the team wants to take the next step. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, six, he's like, what, 6'2", 210, something like that. Yeah. Like, he, he he's not tiny, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like he, he, he can move no. pretty well. So yeah, um, for, for a pretty big guy. Uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, why don't we take a quick break right here? And then on the other side, we're going to jump into uh, into you know, one of the most important positions when it comes to fantasy football, the running back. So we'll be right back in one to two minutes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back. Let's jump into the running backs, and we get to talk about one of the most, um, I think, controversial. Nah, the first guy's not controversial. After that, it gets a little bit controversial because some yeah. people are crazy. Um, but this first guy, I think everyone has locked in. Uh, I think everyone wishes that that he could pull oh shoot man i forgot the guy's name ohio state running back Henderson. no 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 the dude who who declared as a freshman and like tried to break like try to change the rules uh oh in the 80s no 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 this was the 80s no more recently than that i uh, don't know what you're trying to say actually the running back he was a freshman he wanted to join go to the nfl so they changed the rules for like a year and he went to the nfl and he kind of bombed. Sorry. Anyway, let's talk about Trevion Henderson <laughs> after that awesome intro. Welcome yes. back from the break, by the way, guys. I hope you enjoyed this. <laughs> yeah, so Trevion Henderson is a monster. Uh, and and not just as a runner, but also as a receiver, catching almost 30, 30 balls in, in his in his first year. Uh, and that's with like three or more first round wide receivers taking a bunch of targets too. Like he still saw some production there so he was relied upon in every which way you know 5'10 250 215 pound guy that in his third game put up almost 300 rushing yards and uh finished with you know over 1200 on the year uh just an incredible obvious first round pick i mean you can lock it up probably first half of the first round most likely so i mean if there's any other player more likely to go first round than worthy it would be henderson and, and he's only probably not uh, safer because the NFL and everybody everybody doesn't care about running backs anymore. So, <laughs> so yeah, he, he's he's the running back one in the class. He's so good. It just seems unfair, and he really can do it all. Like you can see him, like his work out of the backfield is just so good, and he's exciting. I think um, the only thing that could alter this outlook it would be you know injury, and we obviously don't rank with that in mind, but. Um, dude is amazing. Maurice Claret is who I was thinking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. That's okay. Uh, 
<laughs> um, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, I think. Do you think? Do you think Trevion Henderson um, is gonna get the Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette type draft capital that we shouldn't see in the NFL? Um, I think so. Yeah, I think I think he gets top ten, top top fifteen. Like that's if you can, but not like top three, like Saquon or something like that. I wonder if the NFL is actually done with that, but I'm not. I'm not sure they are. They should be. But yeah, they, but Jacksonville's going to have an early pick, <laughs> and they'll be like, you know, Travis Etienne could really use some help in that backfield. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think he's in that conversation for sure. Yeah, let's get no to brainer. one of the more controversial guys here. A guy you and I both really, really like. Uh, Wisconsin's own Braylon Allen. Uh, absolutely. Once he kind of took over um, the role, it was just unfair, I think is the right word, uh, for opposing yeah. defenses. I think that's um, yeah, that's probably right. Why do people not have him ranked this high? And You know, I think it's, it's a very short list of people that don't have him ranked very high, and there's no defense for it. So... We don't have to act like there's not, you know, like there's a bunch of people that have him ranked low because if they do, like there's just there's no reason for it. But Braylon Allen, running back Wisconsin, is a fantastic player. You know, converted from linebacker to a running back, uh, you know, reclassified uh, from the class of 2022 to the class of 2021. So he was like 17 all season long. And that was what so everyone crazy. kept saying every on every broadcast. And you, can you believe he's still 17? And, and no, I couldn't because he was just incredible. <laughs> every, every single week had like seven weeks in a row with a hundred yards rushing and no Wisconsin running back had ever done that as a true freshman. Uh, not even Jonathan Taylor. As in, the, in, the, in the key, there's as a true freshman. And, and Jonathan Taylor was great as a true freshman. But uh, what's crazy is, like, even against stacked boxes, Allen just found ways to smash people, like, over and over again. Like, if you compare him to every single running back in the country that had at least 30 carries against, uh, you know, eight defenders or more in the box, I'll say it again, if you because if it's a lot. But if you compare him to every running back in the country, that had at least 30 carries against, you know, at least eight or more defenders in the box. And that list is about 40 players, by the way. Uh, he had 2.29 yards per carry more than any of them. So <laughs> he just consistently yeah, added yards after contact, forced missed tackles, and just dominated and did so again at 17 years old. And so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, the dude's already a monster. Like he, if he was in the NFL right now, you go, yeah, that, that guy's obviously 25. And so, yeah, he's going to be probably in the first round conversation and, uh, there's no debating that. Sorry. Yeah, no. Um, I just remember when, uh, Chase Malusi, is that how you say his first name? I'm not actually sure. Uh, but, uh, it does, but it I remember <laughs> watching him because in the beginning of the year, he was kind of the guy, you know, and it was so frustrating. Like, I mean, like, man, there's just. I just want to see more. I want to see more from this running back position because there's a lot of work in the Wisconsin running back. Yeah. And um, and then once once Braylon Allen took over, um, it was it was night and day. The only thing I, I do have a complaint. Um, he needs a jersey change. Zero doesn't do it for me. I'm sorry. Like that doesn't work the, for me. Well, in college, like the, the the single digit stuff, that's all. Like, I mean, that just means you're good. Like if you have a single but, single digit, like. 
Like, I, like he's like, hey, no, he's like, hey, I'm better than number one. <laughs> <laughs> I when I played for the uh, the Dutch national team, I wore number one, baby. You know, I did. Um, that was good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think Braylon Allen's going to be really exciting this year. Um, as exciting as uh, anyone who played their football at Wisconsin can be. Um, which is just that's a, a low ceiling, by the way. <laughs> but um, but Wisconsin does put out some decent running back talent in the NFL. Let's uh, let's not. Even forget. if they are just always boring to watch, they they yeah yeah the running backs are the only good thing going for them, and you know the linebacker play too. But again, no one cares about that because you're listening to a fantasy football show. Uh, <laughs> right. Shout out to our three IDP listeners, love you guys. But uh, <laughs> oh, I drop I drop my only IDP league. I had an IDP Man. dynasty league and I dropped it. It was too much. I apologize. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm going to need a new podcast. though. So that's okay. Because you put in some applications. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about, let's go back to Clemson um, and talk about uh, Will Shipley because he really was a bright spot on this team. Yeah. Um, I thought he'd be a little bit more involved in the passing game. We didn't really see that, but then again, no one was really involved in the passing game, no. but Will Shipley and- was really good once he kind of got integrated into the offense. I know he had, um, some injury problems this year. Maybe I'm making that up. He did. He was injured for part of the year, wasn't he? Or was he just not yeah. getting playing? Time? I don't remember. But yeah, towards he was, the end he of the year out. again. Yeah, he was out for like I think it was three, uh, three weeks. Pretty sure what it was. And then when he came back, he he had a, a higher um, workload. And yep. yeah, he and Pace. I mean, I I I think the the, the gap was only widening as the year went on. And I, I think Will Shipley will uh, see the bulk of the work. Yeah. And the I mean, snaps- with you ranking him this high, I think you agree. Yep. Snaps and, and and everything pretty much says that Shipley was taking over. And really, I mean, only Travis Etienne. Like, he was the only back that has been a re- like a consistent receiving back for Clemson. And, and even when he was a freshman, sophomore, he really wasn't. So maybe mm. Shipley grows into that for them. And I think I think he can. So I really do like Shipley. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to be a first-round pick, but I, I think he's a day-two kind of talent, which in, in today's day and age is, is a very early selection for yeah. running backs. So I, I like him to continue to grow. Uh, you know, he's not going to be like a 220 pound back either, but uh, he doesn't need to be. Right. Right. Um, that offense too. I think um, people often get a story in their mind after the first couple of weeks and they just kind of stick with it. I yeah. think people forget that Clemson offense Clemson's offense really actually started playing much better the second Dude, half of the year. Crazy. And better. people don't re- and people don't realize that. And and yeah. Will Shipley was a big part of that. Yep. Like they they scored, I can't remember what it was. At one point, they they had like a 19 point jump from like yeah. it was it was nuts. And so like way more than just two like full touchdowns better per game down the stretch. Like it was it was incredible. So uh yeah. Props to Clemson for cleaning, cleaning it up and actually finishing strong because that that start was rough. And the, are you o- concerned at all about? Are you concerned at all about the the coaching? They've had a pretty big um, coaching change. Oh, yeah. there. I mean, Dabo's I mean, still there, but new new DC, new OC. Yeah, new new D. I think that's huge. I think the uh, Dabo, unless he changes, uh, he's going to kill Clemson by not changing. But that's that's its right. own podcast. So yeah, I have concerns. Uh, if they don't clean some stuff up, but hopefully Shipley's gone by the time they crater. <laughs> by then, yeah, yeah. But by the time they're they're just complete ineptitude when it comes to the tra- transfer portal, just kills their program, uh, right. kills the peak of their program. Anyway, but yeah, so I think I think they're fine right now. Uh, let's let's move on to uh, another really great running back room. Let's be honest, 
Uh, Michigan did a really great job um, yeah. with Haskins and Blake Corum. Yeah. Um, but but you want to talk about Donovan Edwards, and I like yeah, this idea dude. because I've got uh, quite a few shares, and oh, yeah. um, Blake Corum looked really, really good last year, and he's not going anywhere. So no. how do you think this – I mean, we saw – we definitely saw that Michigan can feed more than one running back. Uh, do, do you think that there is enough um, to go around for both to be effective? Do you think Donovan Edwards could make a step and put himself above Blake Corum? Uh, how, how do you see this shaping out in Michigan? I would love to see them to just, I mean, I, you don't like to see the split unless you think both can go pro. And I think they can quorum. I think goes pro and is maybe a friend's day to pick and Donovan Edwards, I think is even better. Um, and I think he, you know, jumps right into the Haskins type role. And mm -hmm. if he does, Haskins had 33 carries inside the five yard line last year. That's insane. Uh, which is nuts. Like that is number <laughs> one in the entire nation. And that's why he had so many touchdowns. Yeah, that's why he had. Yeah, exactly. That's why he had so many freaking touchdowns. Is because nobody carried it inside the five as much as he did. And so he's coming into a great, uh, potentially great uh, situation in year two. He he saw limited action, but he had that one uh, blow up receiving game. Uh, he was a fringe five star kid coming into the process, and uh, so I think his his ceiling is really really high, like early day two type uh, draft capital kind of high. Uh, if he does uh, do what I think he can this year. Yeah. Oh, that that's exciting. I, I would love to see it. And I, I mean, I don't like Michigan at all, but uh, I do enjoy, I do enjoy uh, people that I have rostered in a lot of leagues performing well. So I hope that it works yeah. out. Um, let's go over to, uh, let's go back to the SEC and oh, back. No, we haven't talked about the SEC at all yet. Let's, let's no. head over to the SEC, uh, which is interesting. There. <laughs> It's Typically. interesting that we've gone through one, two, three, four running backs, and this is our first SEC guy. But let's go yeah. to uh, the beautiful state of Arkansas. Did you watch the Arkansas Auburn uh, college basketball game a couple nights ago? I did it went not. into overtime. I did not. Ooh, it was fun, man. It was on Tuesday night. It was amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, the the Hogs uh, beat number one Auburn. Um, yep. You're an Auburn boy. I thought maybe you would have no, watched I just, it. I just but... didn't get that one. But yeah, Bruce Pearl. I grew up watching him. Like he actually coached at the D two school. It's like five minutes from my parents, so like I watched him back in the oh, night. crazy he's coach, yeah, yeah. So I, I, it's cool to see like full circle, like he's at Auburn now. But anyway, and Auburn, Auburn's a good basketball team. Like what the hell is that about? Like, <laughs> hey, our football team's trash, and, and our our coaching situation's a drama fest. But hey, I know yeah. you guys just lost one of the uh, a transcendent quarterback to the transfer portal. Oh, nice. um, <laughs> oh my gosh. But you'll anyway, get over it. You'll be okay. Yeah. I think, I think <laughs> Let's go back to fun. Arkansas. Raheem Sanders. Raheem Rocket Sanders running back for Arkansas. 6'1", or whatever it is, and 225 pounds, or maybe more. Like The dude's thick like and quick and fast and good. Uh, really looked like, I mean, he, he immediately was the best back on the team. And uh, I, I think we could see uh, maybe the best Arkansas running back in like five or six years come out here soon. Uh, maybe if... I guess it's probably even longer than that. <laughs> so uh, maybe the last. I mean, you know, I'm going back to Felix like Jones and DMC, but <laughs> yeah, 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 that's probably the, the best. He's probably the best one since then, really. So uh, I think he is going to be firmly in the day two conversation when it's all said and done. Like he's just too good at everything and too strong and fast at his size to not get drafted pretty high. So really, really solid talent in Raheem Rocket Sanders. Yeah, let's stick in the SEC. Let's uh, let's head over over to Texas A and M, where they're losing uh, one of the one of the top running backs uh, in this upcoming class, Isaiah Spiller, 
um, is gone, but they still have quite a bit of depth behind him. Um, yeah. We talked about Devin. Uh, I can't a say his uh, a Shane. I always yeah. get it wrong. Um, last week, nope. Last episode, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about LJ Johnson and how you think he can complement um, the backfield and and how long you think it might be might might take for him to pop. I think he pops pretty quickly. Really, I mean, they're they're going to work with two running backs again this year. Uh, Shane's going to be super e- efficient. Uh, he's going to be super fast. He's going to have some explosive plays, and he's going to be way more explosive than L.J. Johnson. But the, Johnson's going to be the decisive, uh, one cut, you know, smart running back that goes into that Isaiah Spiller role. Even though it's probably going to be more of like a one B to uh, Shane's one A uh, this year. But I, I think he could near one thousand yards in his second season here. So. They started to work him in last year. I think he gets there this year and does really well. Yeah, I. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what what they can do. Um, just in general, Texas A and M again having one of the the best recruiting classes um, we've seen. The best and ever, yet, according to the twenty four seven Sports Composite. So. Sure, I feel like that we might be saying that every year from now on about a different SEC school, but that's well, either here nor there. You know, it's funny, like, Florida held that record for, like, 10 straight years until Alabama did in 2021, and then Texas A&M did this year. I, I don't think it's going to be, like, an every year thing. Like, I think it was just the most absurd thing we've, we've ever seen. But that's, again, it's a, it's its own podcast. But but they, right. they brought in a bunch of a bunch of talent. Yeah. So, so one more guy, again, former SEC guy. Uh, I don't think yeah. he has decided where he's going to be playing football next no, year, but, but I could be wrong. Well, I'm talking about yeah. Kamara Wheaton. Huge, huge uh, disappointment, right? Like, leaving Alabama. Mm-hmm. Kamara Wheaton, five-star type of talent. Uh, and he, you know, he, he didn't have a bunch of proven receiving ability. I guess that was his big knock uh, coming in as a running back. Uh, but they just had too many guys and he got dinged up and missed some time and really just got behind the eight ball. Uh, and then of course, Alabama brought in Jameer Gibbs and they're bringing in Emmanuel Henderson, both of whom should probably they be still have Trey Sanders. Ahead. They still have Trey <laughs> like, Sanders. They still have Jason McClellan. Like it, he, he looked around and was like, <laughs> okay, bye. Uh, there's no way, there's no way I'm going to be the running back one in, in this crew. So that's smart of him. Um, I still think he can, he can hit somewhere, but, uh, I wish wish them the best, but it's not going to be at Alabama, obviously. Yeah. Do, do you have a, a any feeling of where he might land? I don't. I don't. And, and I don't think it'll probably happen for a while now, actually, because of, you know, all the big transfers, signing days behind us. A lot of rosters are like, okay, we have who we think we need to have right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it might be after spring practice, like when teams look around, they're like, <laughs> okay, maybe our running backs aren't as good. And then we Someone see him gets injured or something again. like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and we see Wheaton surface somewhere. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, do you think him leaving like opens up spot for like Trey Sanders, who, you know, I have a lot of shares of, but then you just rattled off six other names of four and yeah. five star players. And it's like, man, you got to be elite to, to, uh, to be a starter there. Uh, let's talk about our tight end um, in this class. Uh, again, uh, national champion. Um, <laughs> and, and really, I mean, he had a great, it was a nice little touchdown he had there, but Brock Bowers, um, beast. It's insane that he was a freshman last year. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is nuts to just look at what he did in his year one and just go, oh, yeah, that that was like an 18-year-old kid. Uh, insane. 
because he just showed up and, you know, had almost 900 receiving yards as a true freshman tight end. Like that, that doesn't happen. Like we got all excited about uh, Michael Mayer having like 400 and something yards last year. And, oh man, he's going to be a surefire first round pick. And he is like Michael Mayer is a surefire first round pick. And Brock Bowers is a surefire first round pick. And there's no one even close to him in his class. Like it's tough to produce at all uh, as a tight end in college. Um, And if you look at all the other best tight ends in the nation uh, at at his position, like a true freshman, no other tight end had more than 22 catches in the country. And only two others had more than like 15 catches (laughs) among true freshman tight ends. It's just really tough to break through, be big enough, strong enough and fast enough and a good enough receiver to really produce early as, as a tight end. And Brock Bowers just did it in an amazing way. So, no idea who else is going to fill out the class at that position, but Brock Bowers is number one, and there's nothing that's going to change that. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's on a different level. I think um, Kyle Pitts um, and he will be kind of transcendent in, in how they stack up against the rest of their class. Um, it'll be that kind of difference. Yep. yep uh, exactly. Let's move on to quarterback. Um, real quick here, let's finish up. We were going to yeah. go short today, and we're we're not because we both like talking football. <laughs> we we got to say we're going to um, go short every day, otherwise we're going to go really long. <laughs> so. I know, right? Um, but you 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 talked about Caleb Williams uh, at the start. Now he he's moving too, um, and uh, yep. curious to see how the Pac-12 does in in trying to slow him down. Um, and we mentioned that he has a pretty decent um, talent pool around him. At USC, they brought in a lot of great transfers. Uh, we mentioned Mario Williams already. Uh, talk to me a little about Caleb Williams. I mean, we saw what he could do this year already, um, taking over the role uh, for, from Spencer Sanders and Spencer Rattler. What am I talking about? Um, <laughs> uh, we got uh, man. Remember when I thought Spencer Sanders was going to be good? Um, oh, man. <laughs> mobile quarterbacks. I just like they can run. They're going to be great. <laughs> I, I want yep. it. Um, but Caleb Williams, talk to me. I mean, the first off, the Pac-12 made Anthony Brown look good last year for Oregon. Did so. they? <laughs> Did they? Uh, I mean, almost, I watched too almost. much Oregon. Yeah. They uh, helped him win game. He won games. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but Caleb Williams. I mean, let's just talk about his, his his season. Yes, his best games came against like all uh, like sub one, like sub top one hundred, like guys teams outside the top one hundred in most adjusted defensive metrics. Uh, that those were all his best games, but for a true freshman to come in and do what he did and rack up all the rushing yards on top of his incredible passing, uh, yeah. dude, like, oh my gosh, like really, I, I was trying to like sift through all of my nerdy database of college numbers and I, I, I tried to get us, you know, basically create new metrics that are better than what we had in the past of predicting, you know, future quarterback outcomes. And the best ones that I can find all say that, that, that Caleb Williams just put together the best true freshman season of quarterback play that we have ever seen and probably will ever see because like That's if he ridiculous. was just a, I mean, if, if he was a, like if, if we looked at uh, the measure that I created for road last year, adjusted yards, uh, like adjusted yards per pass attempt, like over expected, which adjusts like for jet motion, uh, average depth of target, uh, play action percentage, things like that. Uh, that predicts capital more accurately than anything I've ever found. And if he was a, like a, a draft eligible guy this year, his his season last year would be like uh, over the 90th percentile. 
by that measure. And if, if we look at other predictive metrics, uh, like I think uh, completion percentage over expected is, is another one I think a uh, few people have talked about. I, I kind of built my own version of that this year as well. Again, over the 90th percentile there. And if you combine his completion percentage over expected and his adjusted yards per pass attempt over expected, if you, if you put them against like basically every other, like all 900 to 1,000 uh, seasons of quarterback play in like the last five or six years, like all of the quarterbacks of every single class and age, like he's a 95th percentile kind of player. Uh, that's dumb. As, as a true freshman, like that's, yeah. that's busted. Like that shouldn't be possible. Like he has a better passing profile than all of the first rounders this year. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and yet we're still like, why didn't we see more explosive play in Oklahoma? <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, he's going to, it's crazy yeah, though. He's going to dominate at USC. He's going to have three, he's probably going to be the only other uh, quarterback that I have in my database to have three 90th percentile or better passing efficiency seasons. Uh, and the only other one was, Trevor Lawrence. And yes, that didn't work out as well in the NFL yes. so far, but uh, Jacksonville Jaguars can ruin anyone. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Williams doesn't go there. Uh, but if he goes anywhere else, uh, he's going to smash the next level. And he's obviously so the quarterback one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next uh, group of guys, uh, we had yeah. some of them, we saw a little bit of play uh, this year, but most of them, were behind uh, behind starters, and we didn't get to see a whole lot. Um, yeah. We got Quinn Ewers, who we talked about earlier, Tyler uh, Buckner, Jackson Dart, J.J. McCarthy, and Drake May on this list. Jackson yeah. Dart is a guy I'm super excited about, uh, transferring to Ole Miss, um, and with being with Lane Kiffin, I think it's going to be so fun. <laughs> like, um, really excited. And then they brought in um, Evans, right? Running back. Is that his name? Yeah, Zach Evans, man. He, he Zach Evans, yeah. They're, they're I get Zach Evans... Again. I get Zach Evans and Deuce Vaughn, even though they're completely different players. I mean, they're obviously different purple people. Teams. Play, they, 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 but you know, Deuce Vaughn, I get them confused. Purple, the purple, State, that's it. Zach Evans, TC. Yeah, it's they the purple. purple. Yeah, that's yeah, what it is. Yeah, thank you. You, you. you connected those dots. It's like, why do I always get these two guys confused? <laughs> yeah. But Jackson's darts a guy I'm, I'm super excited about seeing what he can do um, with Lane Kiffin. I mean, um, I think Matt Corral is great. I do. I also think Lane Kiffin made him great. Um, and it'll be so fun to see what he can do with Dart. Um, but I know you love Tyler Buckner. Um, it, it would be remiss of me not to let you um, talk about him for a little while. Yeah, again, um, I mean, all season long, uh, he should have been the guy from week one, uh, and there's just no conversation about it. Like, Jack Cohn uh, looked good at times. Like, one or two throws per game, he'll look good. He can keep the offense, like, in check, on pace, where it needs to be, but he's, he's just a jack. Like that's all. Do you remember? Game. Do you remember Wedding Singer, Adam Sandler? Yeah, it's a cone. It's a cone. <laughs> when he's doing the driving yes. test. Oh my god! I we wish I had that drop too. <laughs> we, need, we need that. Oh my gosh! Yeah. But anyway, and, and as mediocre of a passer as he is, like Notre Dame is so good at most everything else, and they they build up and develop offensive line like it's just super easy to do. Uh, and even yeah. even Cone last year I had like an 80th plus pass efficient kind of season. So Buckner probably easily coasts to that kind of outcome and adds a lot of rushing upside too. So mm -hmm. uh, he's probably immediately going to be at worst the quarterback four. I mean, if he's behind Williams, Ewers because hype machine and Jackson right. Dart because of 
schematic ease at Ole Miss, like at worst, we're talking about quarterback four, and it's probably better than that. So Tyler Buckner at Notre Dame has incredible mobility, uh, has been super efficient in, in spots here, but he he just never got a real look, and it, and it ticked me off all season long because he's so much more dynamic than mm-hmm. than that freaking cone. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's true. <laughs> yeah, I'll be excited to see what he can do as well um, because I have many a share of him. I don't yeah, really like Quinn. Yours is going to succeed because his mullet is amazing. The the, uh, the analytics disgusting. there are undeniable. And uh, uh, so Texas, I mean, he's got a lot of weapons. They just brought in the best yeah. offensive line class, uh, maybe in the last last five or six years. Like it's it's silly stack. They brought in like five top one hundred offensive linemen. Like that's nuts. So yeah, and he gets at least two good. years of Xavier Worthy. Like yeah, hello. Oh, yeah. So yeah. he's good. And I love Brennan Thompson, by the way. Like they're bringing in uh, Isaiah Nyer or something from Wyoming, who's going to be okay. But like Brennan Thompson, their freshman, uh, dude, he's he's like one of the fastest players in the country already. So they're going to have so much speed for yours to and hit. Bijan, and we've seen what Bijan can do out of oh, the backfield. Man. It's going to be so much fun. Like Texas, if they're going to be back ever, ever, <laughs> and I mean ever Better again, be. it's going to be this year or next year. Like so, yeah. Especially with the amount of talent and coaching leaving the um, the Big Twelve, this, yep. it's it's kind of now or never. Uh, yep. Get your shot before you join the SEC, and you're just one of the boys. Exactly. Um, but those uh, four you mentioned, I think that those yeah. are the those are the four best bets to be first round. And we're seeing any more. That's like, yep, four first round quarterbacks just about every year. Right. Uh, and right. those would be the four I'd bet: Caleb Williams, USC; Quinn Ewers, Texas; Tyler Buckner, Notre Dame; and Jackson Dart, Ole Miss. Now, uh, and yeah. after that, like it's it's all speculation. Kind of crapshoot. Yeah. All speculation. Like JJ McCarthy. Michigan, is he even going to start this year? Like, you know, like Cade McNamara's back. Drake May, like at UNC, like they seem pretty comfortable with him being the starter this year right now. But uh, he still only has like Josh Downs. (laughs) So so is he going to be better than what Sam Howell was last year? No. So I, um, and and then there are a few other names that I'd like to get excited about for 2024, but. Ty Thompson. No, not really. (laughs) Anymore. But. Sam Heward, no. Uh, Brock Vandegrift, no. But anyway, uh, it doesn't matter. Like so, you really, just, you just rattled off the quarterbacks I have on num- numerous C to C teams. It's just not happening. But that's okay. But you know, I, I mean, there's just not very. I mean, like, there's only in every single draft cap draft cl- cast <laughs> draft class. Uh, there's really only like five or six guys, typically, maybe seven, right. that are going to be drafted inside day one and two. So, yeah, yeah. I mean. And we really only care about the first rounders, at least, or maybe right. at least the top forty picked guys. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That was that, that was a good breakdown. I I, I think it's really good. Um, you have recently written on this, correct? Oh yeah, uh, I actually broke down each class. I've got another uh, couple uh, rookie twenty twenty two mocks coming out here very soon. Uh, maybe by the time this pod is even out. Um, but yeah, I just did a breakdown of the 2023, uh, 2023 group, the 2024 guys, and even the 2025 guys, because uh, why not? They're all you know incoming true freshmen this year. Yeah. And if you do have questions on guys beyond that, uh, I can I can help you out there too. But uh, that, that's for like four of you who actually play in nerdy enough leads to be drafting. Right. And they're school. already talking to you anyway. Um, talk to us a little bit about the rookie guide. The rookie guide is amazing. Like the crew that we you know have together every single year is, is just fantastic. I mean it's it's Curtis Patrick, it's Dave Cavan, it's Blair Andrews, it's it's 
the Sean Siegel. You know, so it's a great crew that uh, works really hard to put together some fun metrics. So we've got some fun mock drafts, but it's it's probably the most in-depth quarterback coverage I've ever seen uh, in terms of metrics and measures this year. Uh, it's kind of a, a new, fresh look at breakout age. Uh, some great running back metrics uh, that are really hard to find anywhere else. Just across the board, it's up and down, just fantastic. So, I mean, I know I'm a little biased because I helped put it together, but, I mean, it's just an honor to, to work with those guys. So check out the Rotoviz Rookie Guide wherever you can. You can do it on rotoviz.com. Uh, you can get all three editions, actually. It, it kind of comes in a pre-combine, post-combine, and post-draft. There's three different editions. We add layers of content every single time. Yeah, so definitely check it out. I bring it up because it's it's going to help you. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, you're into this kind of stuff, and, and you're oh, yeah. going to enjoy it from beyond just like a trying to get a leg up on the competition. But it will help you with that too. But it's also going to be just interesting, and uh, like Travis said, a lot of um, different ways of looking at things or looking at things with a new lens. And I, I think that's really important and interesting and fun. Uh, we at the end of the day, that's what we're doing here is we're having some fun, and uh, I think it's it's a great way to. Uh, have intelligent fun. You think that the thing I love about fantasy football, like I was talking to my girlfriend about this, is like it allows you to combine sports with nerddom in such a beautiful way. Oh, <laughs> and it's fun way. to the finally have an outlet for like <laughs> both elements of my life, like my extreme nerdiness and my love of football. It's just yeah. absolutely perfect. Yeah, and um, I love I love like having a, like a when I get to a point of friendship with someone that I can explain to them what I do in the fantasy football space and talk about creating like uh, new passing metrics that predict capital and explain variance by this percentage. And, and then, th- then they, they get to a point where they're like, okay, whoa, I had no idea you were <laughs> that big of a freaking nerd. It's amazing. And so it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's a, uh, it's, it's a blast just nerding it's out perfect. with numbers and sports at the same time. Yeah. It's the best. Um, the only thing better is if, you know, the Titans can hoist that trophy one day. Yeah. That'll never happen. So no, no. Hey, you and me both, man. Yeah. Uh, Jacksonville's never going. And, oh, never. Uh, never, ever. <laughs> yeah. We got close twice. We got to the AFC Championship game twice. It's never getting closer. And one of those was with Blake Bortles. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> there's yes, another drop we need. Uh, there's no way anyone is still listening to this. <laughs> but if you come are. On. Come on, man. This wasn't that long. Thank, thank you so much. I was talking about Jacksonville too long. Uh, oh, thank true. you so that's much true. for listening. Uh, my dog is shaking in the background. Uh, appreciate y'all so much. Uh, do rate and review the show. That does help a lot. Be sure to follow and subscribe. You can find us on the road of his main feed, of course. But we do also, if you're not aware, we have our own channel as well. Um, so do check that out. It's, you know, it's pretty easy to find. It's the College Decanton podcast. Or if you just search Devi, we're one of the first ones that come up. So, so do look for us there. Give us a follow. Give us a rating and review. We really appreciate it. Reach out to us on Twitter if you have questions or just want to mess around. Um, if you have any great betting advice, hit me up. I, I need all the advice I can get. Um, so, so thank you so much. Um, anything you want to leave the people with? Any, any, anything else you want to say before we take off? Uh, you were way too low on Xavier Worthy in case you missed it uh, with Rent earlier. That's all. Yeah, that's the, this is true. Hey, Rams minus four, under 48 and a half. Let's parlay that bad boy. Let's get it up to plus 207 and uh, and then just cash those tickets. Uh, don't parlay. Don't parlay. That was a joke. Yeah. Rule um, number one. We'll talk to you later.
<laughs> yeah, we'll talk to you all next week. Um, I don't know what exactly we're going to do next week, but coming up pretty soon, we're going to have a transfer portal um, oh, yes. episode. We might have to break that down to a couple of shows because yeah. there's a lot to get into there. But lots, yeah. of, lots of 2022 rookie content coming. Yeah, so uh, be looking out for all that. We're excited you guys are still hanging with us through the offseason because, as you know, there is no offseason. Nope, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.